0: a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Julianne Meyer. Julianne is a health and vitality coach who is passionate about helping women transform their lives and achieve ultimate wellness with grace and ease. She works with women on elevating their thoughts and behaviors so they make healthier choices while helping them to create a flourishing life they love. Her clients are finally able to break through the resistance that comes with change and love who they see in the mirror. Julianne is also the host of her TV show, Own Your Wellness, which is available on E360 TV, Apple TV, Roku, YouTube, and more. As Julianne always says, there's more to health and wellness than broccoli and burpee. Julianne, Meyer, and Robert have an exciting conversation about personal growth and the connections of mind, body, and spirit. Julianne expects miracles each day, a powerful thought seed to plant in your mind. What miracles do you expect today? That, combined with the power of gratitude, sets the mind in the positive direction. Well, Julianne, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited to uh, to continue our conversation because this is now epi- show number two of us having a conversation.
1: It is. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. So I just started show with a guest sharing their entrepreneurial journey. So I'll let you just tell us what got you started into Entrepreneurship and and what you're doing now.
1: Absolutely. Well, I would say that I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Even as a little kid, I was the one that would go out and offer to wash cars for people when I was six or seven. Uh, you know, babysitting, you name it. I just was always trying to think outside of the normal box. So I, you know, I did that for most of my life, and then um, I, I tried doing. The working for somebody else uh, scenario for quite some time. And I finally realized, you know, this really isn't for me. And part of that was because, you know, I was doing my own business on the side always, but I always had my secure paycheck (laughs) coming in. (laughs) And then COVID hit. So now all of a sudden, I don't have this job any longer. And I decided, you know, now is as good a time as any to just really, instead of making this my side hustle, make it my main source of income and really follow my dreams and really, really start making a difference and an impact in the world with people that I want to help and do it with my structure and you know my flavor instead of somebody else's. So that's kind of how I got started health coaching in particular. Um, you know, I have a background. I've got a crazy long background. <laughs> But I was working in a gym as the health and nutrition director before uh, you know, COVID hit. And part of that problem with working there was that there was no, um, people didn't ever take into account you know the spirit or mm. it was just how many reps can you do and how much broccoli can you eat? And I just always felt like there was a piece missing. So that's kind of how I really got going to do my own thing. And it's just snowballed everything. As soon as I said yes to myself, all of a sudden the universe just opened up and all these opportunities started coming my way. So that's kind of how I got started.
0: Well, I love that. As soon as I said yes to myself, that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So let's let's dig in a little bit into that idea of of secure paycheck, right? <laughs> and this and this idea that entrepreneurship is is so much riskier than, than a regular job.
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, You know, I thought I could count on that certain amount coming in. I worked my hours, I get this in return. And as soon as COVID hit and all of a sudden my, I didn't do anything wrong. I was doing my job great. And all of a sudden I just didn't have one anymore. And the place where I was working never recovered. They never came back. But um, the thing is, is it just showed me that it's all an illusion anyway. So if it's an illusion and it's not really, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I could get fired. I could get laid off. There could be a fire. I live in California. There's fires here all the time. So (laughs) there's so many different variables. But what I realized is once I started working for myself, it's a lot more secure because I'm in charge of what's going on and I'm in charge of who I'm helping and I'm in charge of how I put myself out there. So instead of relying on and waiting on somebody else to do something for me, I get to make all the choices for myself. So to me, not having this secure paycheck is way more secure because I can do something about it without having to wait on my boss.
0: Oh, so powerful. So then you mentioned the idea of make a difference and have a larger impact in the world. How is owning your own business allowing you to do that?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, in my particular field of work in the health and wellness industry, there's this huge gap between mind, body, and spirit. And it seems like everything is segregated out into different areas. So when I started working for myself, I was able to, I like to use the term cross pollinate <laughs> and be more effective with who it is that I'm helping and create a better system for the clients that I'm helping. So its it just opened up this world. It's kind of like, um, you know, n- Earlier in the world or earlier times, Amazon wouldn't have been popular because people wanted to go to all their, you know, stores and walk in and get their things and leave. Well, things have changed. And I, you know, you've got to be able to move forward and adapt and grow. And I just feel like because I'm working for myself now, I can make those changes a lot quicker and make a bigger impact faster because I see a need that is missing. And I can fill that without having to go through all the hoops of convincing everyone else and teaching them what I know and hoping that they'll make those changes and catch up to me where they're perfectly happy making or doing things the way that they have been. I I get the opportunity to reinvent as quickly and as often as I'd like, which is great because that's, you know, I can adjust to people as opposed to Trying to change an entire system.
0: Well, you mentioned, I know you mentioned broccoli the first time, <laughs> and the idea that that there's more to than than broccoli and burpees to health and yeah. wellness. You wanna you wanna share that a little deeper? I know that's um, part of your show. It's part of your personality, and obviously part of your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the tagline of my show is uh, "There's more to health and wellness than broccoli and burpees." And what I've noticed is when people, I'm gonna use the example, the one that seems to be most popular nowadays is wanting to lose weight. There's so many people that wanna lose weight and I can help you get there, that's not a problem. But what I've discovered is that most people, great, you know they lose the weight, but they still feel like the same person they were before they lost the weight. And what they were actually looking for is the feeling, the emotion, that they thought losing the weight would give them. So mm. <laughs> now they get to the end of their goal and they've reached it and they're disappointed because they still feel exactly the same, even though they've lost all this weight and there's something to be so very proud of. Now it's like, okay, well, let me fix something else. Well, you're not broken. So there's nothing that needs to be fixed. But you know, if you can find that joy that everybody's looking for, because typically- It's joy that people want. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is something that happens outside of yourself that you can enjoy. But joy is self created and you can have that no matter what is going on. So, you know, it takes practice, it takes some learning. But that's pretty much what I believe that people are looking for is that joy, uh, peace of mind. And all these, you know, these goals that people set for themselves, they think they're going to receive that feeling, that emotion as soon as they reach it. But they don't realize they need to have that right now. And it's possible to have it right now. And not only that, if they do get those thoughts, feelings, emotions all in alignment with what their goal is, they'll reach their goal faster, which is pretty amazing.
0: All right. This is, this is pretty powerful stuff here. This <laughs> This idea of the fact that they're after a feeling you you, you sound like a marketing expert now and, and so <laughs> i mean no seriously i want to i mean i want to dig into that because so often it's the piece that that we ignore and mm-hmm. and the idea that that it, you can lose the weight and still feel exactly the same right and helping somebody recognize that it's really this feeling that you're after <laughs> How do you how do you help somebody on their health and wellness journey recognize that that the the feeling is, is what they're after and that they have more control over that than than they realize?
1: You know, that's a really good question, because, you know, I happen to be really good at the physical aspect of everything, the food, the nutrition, the exercises, all of that. But like I said, it's never what they're looking for. But I can't ever just come out and say, this is a great goal, but that's not what you're looking for. Nobody would believe me. (laughs) So usually, and this works, well, it only works when people are actually committed to growth. That's the only time they have to be 100% committed to growth. If they're not committed to growing into who they want to become, I cannot help them because there's a saying in personal training is that I can't do your pushups for you. So- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the same idea. But what I usually start with with a client is getting them to focus on what they want instead of what they don't want. And so most people start off, I'm going to use the weight example again. I don't want to be fat. And okay, that's what you don't want. What do you want? Well, I want to be thin. Okay, why? <laughs> and then it could be turned, and then we get into the real reasons. Sometimes it's something is superficial, and I wouldn't even necessarily call this superficial because it's relationship related. But I, I want my husband to look at me with desire. I, I miss that. And to me, I'm like, okay, that's that's what we're going for. You want more intimacy? That's what, you, and that's a re- legitimate request. Or it might be somebody who says, I want to be able to get up off the floor when I'm done playing with my grandchildren you know these are these are the real reasons. So then we get into okay well how would that make you feel? Well I would feel this and this and that. And okay, so what other things do you do now that make you feel those things? And if they can start feeling it while even if they're not getting it from what they're doing right now, if they can start feeling it in another way, then it starts to Permeate everything because how you do something is how you do everything. So I just think it's really important to get them used to that idea, that feeling, that thing that they're looking for, and realize that they can have that. And like I said before, as soon as they can grasp onto that, then they can reach their goals faster because they already have that energy behind it, the energy well, that they're looking for.
0: It's so powerful and 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 so consistent with even personal growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 professional development, and so helping clients recognize this this feeling that they're after, right? This 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 body, right? And 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 so often we're stuck in the logic of of our mind, and we're not really in 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 the body. And and when you tell somebody in a sales conversation, well, you you need to be more in your body, and they're like, no, what? That you know, <laughs> it it doesn't make any sense. But this is exactly what you're what you're describing mm-hmm. on the on. You know, and obviously weight loss is, is a great example because because when we talk about goals, you know, it's a mathematics problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, weight loss is, is a math problem, right? It's it's all about calories. It's about the calories you intake and the calories you burn. And, and at on the surface, it's a math problem. And, and for the majority of people, they, they there's obviously not a lot of motivation to do the math because mm-hmm. <laughs> the math is complicated and it's hard to track and and. But if you deal with that emotional state, then all of a sudden the math problem becomes simple and they're like, oh, now I, oh, now I've got a different driver, right? Now I've got a different Mm -hmm. thing. And, and I love that you talk about, you know, they, they they focus on what they don't want. That happens so often, right? Oh, I'm broke, right? (laughs) Oh, I'm not making enough money. Oh, I don't have enough clients, right? All of these things that are, Mm -hmm. and, and And we have to make that shift to what what is it that you really want and stop focusing on what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And, And when it comes to money and health, I think we're, we're pretty consistent. Our brain automatically shifts to the things that are missing instead of the things that we have.
1: 100%. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that because, you know, the whole idea of I need customers for, or I need clients, for example you're still, that's not what you want. You're still speaking to the lack <laughs> because you don't have that. So it's, it's a tricky thing starting to focus on, you know, what it is that you're after, because it's its a little bit more complicated than just, you know, money, for example. So, you know, I, there, I used to say this when I was younger, because now that I'm middle-aged, I am middle age, i do not think it's appropriate, but I said about money, I'm like, there's always the pole. If I'm out, there's always the pole. <laughs> so I could be a stripper if I needed to. But the thing is, is that that's not fulfilling. That's not how I want to spend my time. You know, that's not really, there's always ways to get money, is what I'm getting at. So that's really not the problem. But what you're thinking about is how you want to create your life. Because while you're making this money, are you enjoying yourself? Are you. Making an impact in the world? Are you, do you feel fulfilled? Are you growing as a person? So these are all things that people, you know, tend to put on the back burner because they've got this paycheck coming. And I used to work in a pharmacy back in my early 20s and we were, and I was a long term care pharmacy. So we did this thing called blister packing where, you know, when you pop the little pills out from the, um, the, tinfoil thing or whatever. I did that. I did that for uh, nursing homes and such. But anyway, I'm standing there and I look over at my friend and I say, do you realize that we spend most of our waking hours standing in this one spot? (laughs) And you know what? She quit. (laughs) She quit like two weeks later. She said, I couldn't wait. As soon as you said that, I realized this isn't where I want (laughs) to be.
0: I'm a motivational speaker. Look at me.
1: (laughs) And I was just making an observation, but you know, it's like, are you happy with what you're doing while you're doing it? Because you don't, you know, you don't get to um, do it over and you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, you know, waiting until you retire to start traveling or waiting until fill in the blank and tell you whatever it may be, you might not get that chance. And COVID taught us that too. My parents who were ones to wait, They were once like, we'll we'll travel, you know, as soon as we retire. Well, then COVID hits. Now they can't go anywhere. (laughs) So (laughs) you just never know. And I just feel like with being an entrepreneur, you don't have to wait for all these things. You get to choose how you want to spend your time and how you want to spend your life and make sure that money is a part of that. But if you're not happy, then how are you really making an impact? Or you are maybe, but not in a positive way.
0: All right. Now that that leads two directions. First, you've talked a lot about focusing on what you do want and focusing on what you do have. Um, I think gratitude is is really powerful reminder, right, to focus on, mm-hmm. and, and and a powerful tool, right, to focus on what you do have, and and not get caught up in what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, how has gratitude served you in, in your journey? Oh, <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, I love that question because I don't have much of a morning routine, but my number one thing as soon as I wake up is I thank God for the day and I thank God for the unexpected miracles that will come my way that day. And then I go to my gratitude journal and write down three things that I'm grateful for. And they can be anything. And I never pick the same thing more than once. Now, I've been doing it a while. I'm sure I've picked the same thing without realizing it at least once or twice, but You know, it could be as simple as the baby birds outside, you know, my house right now that are chirping early in the morning, or it could be anything. But the more that you focus on that gratitude of the things that uh, maybe you might have overlooked before, the more you see, because what you focus on expands. So if you are looking for things to be grateful for, then all of a sudden the universe starts showing you more things to be grateful for. And everything's always been there, but it's just depends on what you're focusing on.
0: Absolutely. So good. All right. So now the other place that direction that a lot of this seems to be heading is the idea of designing the life that you want and then building the business to support it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, so help me understand how you've been able to dream bigger uh, put your your real desires out on paper, out in the world. Uh, you know, present your real desires to the universe, mm-hmm. and then have those fulfilled through through building your business.
1: So the number one thing that I needed to add to my schedule was fun, because as an entrepreneur, we can get stuck in working, working, working constantly, and in the grind, and all of this. But I discovered that if I limit my work hours. I get way more accomplished in the amount of time than if I have unlimited work hours. And if I do fun things that feed my soul, if I do fun things with my friends and my family, then I am more creative and more available mentally for those times when, you know, I might have to deal with something that's kind of unpleasant. It doesn't bother me on the same level as it might have if I didn't spend that time having fun and, you know, I, I have vacations now. I put them in my calendar, I put them in advance, and they're non-negotiable. Sometimes I don't even know how I, you know, I'm gonna end up paying for it, but it always works out. It's always done, it's never been an issue. I just don't let what I don't have in this particular moment stop me from what I'm going to have in the future. So if I can figure out what I want, I can figure out a way to get there. And when I say I is I believe that God works through me. And if I can open up and allow that energy to happen and work through me and get out of my own way, (laughs) then all of a sudden, all these things just pop up. I mean, I still get all these checks in the mail, random things that like, where did this come from? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm not talking small change. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of dollars here and there and you know just unexpected cash things like that but it wasn't always like that you know it's just i think that when you open up and you plan to enjoy your life then the business sort of starts taking care of itself a little bit more and like with adding the gratitude now all of a sudden there's more to be grateful for so it makes it easier to be an entrepreneur
0: oh absolutely so obviously being the nutrition coach at a gym, the gym's providing referrals, creating this network, all these connections. Mm-hmm. Now COVID hits, gym closes, everything's gone. <laughs> how, yeah. do you, how do you start making connections? How do you start building an audience that, that, that you can serve and make this impact on?
1: That's a great question because, um, you know, I signed a no compete contract, so it's not like I could steal away clients with me. And this is the thing is, um, you know, that's the part that I didn't mention before with your other question. So it dovetails into this is I became willing to invest in myself. So to grow myself as a person, as well as, you know, uh, as my, um, grow my business as well. So I hired a business coach. I didn't know how I was going to pay for the business coach. I just lost my job, but it was the best money I ever spent. So the way that I was able to build my own audience um, and my own people, my own tribe, and quickly, I did it in two months, uh, just to start off with, was an online summit. So I did an online summit, and I collected emails doing this online summit, and then I had a base of, I think it was like a 1,000 people, maybe it was two, I don't remember, it's been a while. Um, that I could reach out to and sell to, and, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting experience and that's how actually I ended up getting my own TV show too, was because of this online summit. (laughs) So you just don't know. I, did I want to do it? No. Did I feel comfortable doing it? No, but the opportunity presented itself. So I said, okay, (laughs) I will do it.
0: Well, that's, I mean, obviously that, that's a huge Continuation of saying yes to yourself, right? <laughs> when when you say yes to yourself and you put the dream out there, you put the idea out there in the universe, and you say, "I want to make an impact for people's health. I want to I want to bring in a, a holistic opportunity. I see a piece that's mm-hmm. missing in the marketplace, and and I want to add that piece um, back in and serve people in a more holistic way." And saying yes to yourself, the universe responds, and that's where. You know, many people would call it luck and they would say, oh, mm-hmm. Julianne is so lucky. Right. <laughs> and, and what's happened is Julianne's put herself okay. out there. She's put it, this idea out into the universe and then she's allowed the universe to bring all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And when she's when these opportunities came, there was no him hawing around about, oh, you maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that or maybe you should do. No, all of these things come in alignment with Mm -hmm. what you've put out and, and they're, they're not luck, they're opportunities like the TV show.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is, um, a lot of opportunities did come my way because I didn't let my fear stop me. I just did it anyway. And I've discovered that there's a difference between healthy fear and that um, instinctive, oh, this doesn't feel right feeling. You don't have to say yes to every single opportunity that comes your way. It's okay to say no if it just doesn't sit right with you. There are so many great opportunities that I have been offered and phenomenal ones, and they just didn't serve me at that particular moment. It didn't make them bad. It didn't make the situation bad. They were phenomenal, but it just wasn't quite in alignment with where I was at that particular moment. And it was okay for me to say goodbye or no, thank you. And also recognize what a wonderful opportunity it was. It just wasn't right, right then. And that's okay. But when you have that little bit of fear, like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. How am I going to pull this off? That's when I have to say yes. <laughs> uh,
0: <very good.
1: laughs> How am I going to do this? Oh my goodness. Okay. I have to say yes, because it's speaking to me. It's, it's that growing part of me that is a little afraid. It's not, it, that's how I know when I'm on the right track is when oh, I,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so powerful, right? The, the, the fear that's trying to keep you in your comfort zone, the fear that's keeping mm-hmm. the typical person sitting on the couch and, and, and saying, Ooh, careful. There's lions outside, right? <laughs> you, you don't want to get eaten by a lion. When you step into that fear, obviously growth requires change and, mm-hmm. and to our brain, to our, our, the lizard part of our brain, change is dangerous, change Mm -hmm. feels like there's a lion outside. But when you step into that, and you lean into that, really good things can happen, right? Transformation starts to happen inside your thought life transformation starts to happen. When that, that thought life reflects itself through Mm -hmm. your body and through your actions. And obviously, that's, you know, some of what you're helping your clients with, as well, which is why your clients are having, you know, this this holistic success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something that I just came to my mind that I'd love to share, that's kind of not really anything to do with that is, you know, not everybody's gonna understand your dream. And it might even be somebody that's really close to you and that's okay. They don't have to understand and they you just don't need to go to them for support necessarily you know, it's, it's okay. Let them be them. And a lot of the times it's crazy until it works. (laughs) So people just, they're, they want to protect you sometimes from yourself and they don't realize that that's exactly what you need to do and where you need to go to become who you need to become. So, you know, it's okay though, if not everybody understands why you're doing what you're doing, or even the entrepreneurial road. A lot of people think my dad is one of them, which is weird because he had his own business for 35 years. He doesn't want me to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) So I don't really necessarily share with him my struggles. I'll share my wins, but I will not share my struggles.
0: (laughs) We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner. Move from tired and overwhelmed to free and empowered by Noel L. Peterson. Available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E M P O W E R, to dream.com. That's empower number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Well, and that's important, right? There's There are people that that are supporters. There are people that, that don't understand the whole thing, but yet they're mm-hmm. going to be supportive. There's, there's people that are fearful, right? They're supporters, but they're, they're being fear driven. They're driven by, yes. you know, the, the world's a dangerous place and and there's mm-hmm. a lot going on, but then you find those people that the world is an amazing place. This is an amazing time in the world to, to do something great. There's no better time than now to start a business. There's no better mm-hmm. opportunities with the internet and all of the technology that's available to us. That even the simplest person like me can can be a podcast host and can be interviewing people all around the world and and can broadcast a podcast where people are listening to it in Czechoslovakia or or Australia or I mean this is a this is amazing, and and too many people are caught up in all the negatives and fear. Mm-hmm. And you really have to be selective of who you're hanging out with and what you're sharing with who,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: we do have friends that are dream killers. In fact, most of us have a dream killer planted right inside our own head that the minute we come up with this crazy idea that I'm going to start a business, I'm going to make $100,000 for myself this year. And that little voice in your head's going, who are you?
1: <laughs> exactly that little nemesis and it never really goes away but you don't have to believe every single thought that you have and i've gotten to the point now when i mean i've heard it called inner critic i've heard it called ego i've heard it called all sorts of different things but now whenever that voice pops up in my head i say thank you very much but that's not necessary anymore or you know i always thank the voice thank you for trying to protect me but i'm okay
0: <laughs> yeah i named him bob and, and bob and i have these conversations and so i i like to ask bob questions i'm like well that's interesting bob what what made you bring that up now right like, and 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 i want to honor bob i realized that he's trying to keep me from getting eaten by a lion <laughs> but that's kind of one of the questions that usually comes up is, well, Bob, if I do this is I'm am I really going to get eaten by a lion? Right. Am yeah. I, you know, <laughs> is this is this really going to kill me? You know, <laughs> it's kind of like that fear of public speaking. Typically, that's the voice saying, "Ooh, that's not really a safe place to go. Why? Why would you step on stage? And, you know, what's the worst that could happen, Bob, if I step up on stage? what? Well, I might fall off the stage. You're right, Bob. If I walk too close to the edge of the stage, I, I might fall off outside of that, you know, there's not a lot of risk to life from him. And so love talking to Bob and and asking asking Bob (laughs) questions to really challenge his authority.
1: That's the way to go, because if you can make friends with Bob, then you are in a good spot.
0: (laughs) But I want to keep going down that, that other road. You know, we talk about the personal development space, right? It's the five the five, you're, you're the amalgam. You're the average of the five people that you're the closest Mm -hmm. to. And, and that includes, right. Your family, your friends, your business associates. And, and it can be challenging to choose, right. Mm -hmm. Especially, I I love how you mentioned, you know what, my dad's really supportive. He loves to hear about the wins, but, but I don't want to share the struggles because he's worried, right. He's worried Mm -hmm. about me being an entrepreneur. And so, so you recognize you've created a boundary there. Some friends we have to create bigger boundaries because they're flat-out dream killers, right? They're flat-out non-believers. They're 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 never going to understand this entrepreneurship. They're, they they want to keep their job, even though all they're doing is pushing grocery carts at Walmart. They they <laughs> they, they think that's the that's the future opportunity, um, and and so establishing boundaries and and really focusing on on who you're hanging out with, right? Whose voices you're allowing in your head? Why is that so, so valuable to keep your dream alive, but to also just to, to further your growth and development?
1: Well, you know, this is something that really touches home for me because I've made some really big changes in my life in the last 10 years. And I really took to heart the idea of you're the five people that you spend the most time with. And I really had to decide who I wanted to be and what that looks like. And I'm not saying that I've, some friends are, I wouldn't even necessarily call them friends at this point, but people that I had thought were friends, I've said goodbye to. And then, you know, it's scary because if there's this empty hole in your life where all of a sudden you had these friends and now there's nobody, for example, that can be a scary thought. Like, who am I going to go spend time with? How am I going to whatever? But it fills in. You have to make space for the people that can help you up level. And if all the people in your inner circle are trying To up level, then that's as far as you're going to get is trying to up level. You need at least one person that you are striving to have what they have. You know, financially, for example, personally, that's the one that I'm working on the most right now is the financial aspect of things. Because as working in the health and wellness industry, I'm a bit of a bleeding heart. So, you know, and that's normal for this industry. I'm getting over it quickly. But my point is, is that at first, even if it's somebody online, like maybe a motivational speaker, start listening to what they have to say, you know, let them get in your head. If you feel inspired by them, then let soak it up. Soak it up. It's still going to be way better than the real housewives of whatever it's going to, you know, (laughs) how are you, what are you feeding yourself? Because yeah, you feed yourself food, but mentally, what are you feeding yourself? So It's okay to let go of those people or shelf those friendships for a little while and let them know, hey, listen, I'm on a mission right now. I don't want to say goodbye, but I'm not going to be as available as I was. And most people understand that and they respect it. So instead of going out for drinks every Friday night, you might go do something else because that's not very productive and in alignment with your goals. So you really have to think about how you want to spend your time and who you need to become in order to reach your goals. Because the person who set the goal is not the person who achieves the goal.
0: Oh, that's so powerful.
1: <laughs> so, Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, right? We're really good at goal setting. Lots of people, goal setters, I think, you know, goal settings a rational activity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Goal achievement is a very different activity. And, yeah. and very few people actually accomplish goal achievement, <laughs> and and so there's there's so much more on the emotional side, obviously the spiritual side, and and really, the goal achiever is an action taker, versus mm-hmm. the goal setter who's you know, basically sitting down with a piece of paper, going, "Ooh, this is what I want," and and the goal <laughs> achiever is the one that's figured out, "This is who I need to be," right? Yeah. Making that transition from from what you want to. To who you need to be. That's mm-hmm. powerful stuff right there.
1: Well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, then at least for me, when I figured that piece out, then that voice, my Bob, <laughs> was like, okay, Julianne, how do you think you're going to be able to do that? Wouldn't you have done it already by now? Wouldn't you have changed it? I mean, all these voices. So I, I took um, some advice from Jack Canfield. And John Asaraf and those two pieces of advice from John um, Jack Canfield was to use yourself as on thirty day experiments. Try different things, see what works, because you don't know what habit you create will unlock uh, like a huge amount of change in you. You have no idea, so try it. Just because you know, maybe running a mile in six minutes doesn't have anything to do with your financial goals. It might be the piece you need to reach your financial goals. You don't know that. So if you have something that you're interested in, something you want to try, who you know, go for it. It doesn't have to all be focused on the money, for example. It could be, like I said, achieving a six-minute mile. And the other thing that John Asraf said, and this is so powerful, he goes, are you interested or are you committed? And <laughs> if you're interested, you'll do whatever it takes until it becomes inconvenient. And if you're committed, you'll do whatever it takes. Period. You'll find a way. Even if there it doesn't work out, you will find a way. And so you have to decide. You can't expect to get committed results if you're only interested.
0: So true, which is why so few people really take these steps right yes. both both for their health and wellness and for their personal growth right mm-hmm. every person listening and every person that we've ever talked to knows something they could do yeah. for their health that would make them better so they know right it's not an information mm-hmm. problem it's a transformation problem and and coaches like us are necessary to help people go from information to transformation and yeah, it's all available free on YouTube. You can figure out all the things I teach, all the things you teach mm-hmm. on YouTube. And and the problem is, first of all, if it's free, you're not invested. Call. Of course, YouTube's not free because, you know, it still takes time to watch, to dig, to figure out. But it really just takes support and love and alignment. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you talked about alignment earlier. And I, and I want to kind of go into, how do you know what's in alignment? How do you know you know, if, which one of those choices, those decisions, you know, obviously alignment has to do with your feelings, but I think the one thing that a lot of people don't dig into is their values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so knowing if a, knowing if a possibility, knowing if an idea um, or an opportunity is, is in alignment, if you haven't dug into your values and your beliefs, Mm -hmm. then, then, then you, you're just guessing right well yeah that sounds okay but i don't know like well jack can feel called and i just don't feel like it's in alignment right <laughs> but, if, but if you if you know your values right and you know what's important to you you know if somebody's in alignment with your values and they're in alignment mm-hmm. with what's really important to you and, and i think that's an important step that that can sometimes get skipped for a lot of entrepreneurs especially technicians that are really mm-hmm. good at what they do. They're really good at the service that they offer. And, and they've gone from being a technician, serving somebody else to starting their own company. And, and that includes health and wellness coaches, which are, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned bleeding hearts and, and, <sighs> and they really are, right? We love people. I just I just want people to feel better. Mm-hmm. Don't doctors want people to feel better? <laughs> are, are doctors cheap? <laughs> That's would a really you, good point. <laughs> would, would, you, would you go to it cheap, doctor? I mean, would yeah, you no. pick your doctor based on the price? No, well, I hope not. Yeah, pick exactly. your doctor based on the expertise, and, and <laughs> so the, the the value is, and of course, the, they know, right? The value's in the mm-hmm. healing, the value's in the the outcome, and and of course, I guess you know the the whole ER. I love the ER analogy, right? The, partly because I had, my wife nearly died last year, and we have a great ER experience where you know they're testing this and they're testing that and they're testing this and they did a chest X-ray and then they did a CT scan and then, and then they did open heart surgery. And, but nowhere in there, did I say, Hey doc, you know, you've already taken the chest X-ray and I know that costs a couple hundred dollars, you know, can the CT scan be a a upsell? You know, can we just throw that in, (laughs) you know? And and when he came in and he said, you know, well, we got to do open heart surgery. And the nurse is standing in the corner saying, well, we're going to type and cross for four units of blood. And, and these other nurses are doing other stuff. And, and I mean, it, it sped up in a hurry. Like the room got really Mm -hmm. busy, really fast. And, and they're wheeling my wife off to surgery at no time. Did I ask, um, well, how much is this going to cost? Right? Like, yeah, no, I wanted my wife fixed. And mm-hmm. and these are the guys saying, look, this is what you need, this is what's got to happen, and we're going right now. And, yeah. and nowhere in the emergency room do you ask how much is this gonna cost? You're you're at on one hand, you're at their mercy, mm-hmm. but at the other hand, you recognize that there's a value exchange happening here. Mm-hmm. And and the value is a human life. <laughs> and so this human life can be saved if we do these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no right. And, and so often we get caught up in price and we get thinking about prices. And when we think about price, we think about hourly rate and price and hour price and hour. That's what everybody compares. Right. You work for, an hour, you know, you work for an hour, you get paid you know, price compensation. It's what we're all used to. We're just we're just used to this. And so the idea that I could be worth a thousand dollars an hour, if I'm going to coach somebody one on one, I'm going to charge him a thousand dollars an hour. No, in fact, you know what? If I coach people one-on-one, I'm gonna do it for six months, it'll be ten thousand dollars and they get they get two meetings, three meetings a month for ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Like your your brain blows up, like it doesn't it, it doesn't fit the model. Yeah, but if we switch from price to value, now what's the value of meeting with me one-on-one? Right? Yeah, you get breakthrough, you well, get you get feeling, you get all of these things that bring about An outcome. They bring about a result. And so helping people focus on the value, on the outcome and the result, and you forget about price because it's never about price. In fact, uh, price debates are only in the seller's mind. They're never in the buyer's mind. The buyer is only thinking about the value. They're only thinking about what are they going to get at the end what is that worth right mm-hmm. and if and if i get them something that feels like $10,000 or in their business if i help them make $10,000 more dollars and I'll only charge them $1,000 for that so if you make $10,000 more a month and i only you're only paying me $1,000 a month is that a fair deal is that a good price you good value <laughs> of course it is i'd put my money in that all day long right that's like a little money machine mm-hmm. it's multiplying my money but coaches especially health and wellness get stuck on price and get stuck on this hourly idea of massage therapy. I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm only in there with a client for an hour and it, you know, well, $20 an hour is pretty much the average now. No, mm-hmm. well, I could charge 37. So it's $37 because that covers a little bit of business expense, right? No, it's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> You've got to, you know, we've got to switch that idea to value and, and, and recognize the value of your services, the value of the outcome, you know a chiropractor doesn't charge that way and they work less on a patient than a massage therapist does. Right? That's but true. they've got the doctor behind their name and they've been taught in school the value of their services. And so so health and wellness coaches especially all of you listening, raise your prices. Raise your prices because you got to start thinking about value. And what's crazy is when you have a higher value, when you charge a higher price, a premium price, creates a premium value and you're offering the same exact services and your clients can get much better results. They can because how many times,
1: how many times have you poured money, poured money into something and not really even gotten any results? If you know, you can nickel and dime yourself to death, why not invest? Or I heard this term the other day and I thought this was phenomenal. Plant your money, (laughs) plant it it. somewhere. (laughs) Because you wanted to grow. And, it, you know, I, there's this thing that I learned from one of my mentors that I absolutely adore. And this really let me let go of this idea of if I pay this, then I'll get this in return. Mm-hmm. And it was that if you put money into the universe, you will get it back. It wa- might not always come back in the way that you expect it to, though. And so if you can open up your eyes and once I realized that and i got that concept i stopped looking at say ryan and expecting ryan to pay me this amount of money and all of a sudden i noticed i got this much money from elsewhere so even if it quote unquote doesn't work out the way that you thought doesn't mean that it was a waste so i just love the idea of planting your money
0: (laughs) yeah and and the, the the term i would use is put your money to work instead of working for money
1: yes absolutely and, and,
0: and so many of us have been taught that we're working for money money is the end game it's the outcome and it's not money's the tool don't go to work for money stop working for money yes start putting your money to work for you Start recognizing that when you're putting money out in the universe, you're putting it to work. You're in mm-hmm. investing, not just investing in yourself, but investing in the universe. And 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 money is money is spiritual, just mm-hmm. like just yeah. like the other things that we've talked about. And so when you put the money out there, let the spirit do stuff with it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I want to dig into the spirit side. You talked mentioned really early on that the gym didn't allow for the spirit. There was no accounting for this. So mind, body, and you're you're now adding spirit. Now we mentioned money is spiritual. I think work is spiritual, which is why entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is is spiritual. How does the spirit play a role in in your health and wellness, and and in the growth of your business?
1: Well, I'm gonna say this first of all: if you're not well, your business isn't gonna grow no matter what. Uh, you're not going to be able to grow it because you're not well. But the thing that's fascinating, and I'm going to say something, is probably going to sound controversial, and I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> and that is that you know you mentioned before earlier about calories in, calories out, and how it's a math problem. That's one part of it, but I'm telling you right now, and I've seen this so many times, it's absolutely ridiculous. How many times I've seen this happen? If you, if your soul is being neglected, if you know you're that, that piece of you that is love, if you are ignoring that and you stop being a human being and start being a human doing and you know ignore that entire part of you, I don't care if you're the healthiest eater in the world and you have all the healthiest habits, you won't lose the weight and you will not be healthy. Your body will hold on to whatever it is. I don't care. Now I've seen people, and this has even happened to me before, doing all the right things. I'm doing all the right things. And then literally I'm like, okay, something's off here. This isn't happening. Like The science says this should work. (laughs) And then all of a sudden something switched in my brain and I became noticing the spiritual side of things again. And I'm not even kidding when I say that all the weight that I wanted to lose just fell off. It's the weirdest thing. It happens all of the time. So if you are ignoring... The fact that there is that you are a spirit, that you are having a human experience right now, and that you are not your body, then you're ignoring the biggest part of you that you can't even see. And it's like what you can see is just the smallest bit of you. You are so much more than that. And if you ignore it, then, and this is the way you can tell too, is when you start to becoming the center of your universe (laughs) and how is everything affecting you if you could stop focusing on how everything affects you and think about how you can serve others and all of a sudden everything opens up again
0: oh that's so powerful take your eyes off yourself and start helping others and seeing others and serving others that that's really powerful but love that idea that that obviously there's there's more to you than your mind and your body (laughs) Right. There There's more to your health and wellness than, than broccoli and burpees. And, <laughs> and that spirit element is is so, so important. Right. Because mm-hmm. and and it's it plays itself out in different ways. Right. It plays itself out in, in your attitude. It plays itself out in your self-worth. Mm-hmm. It plays itself out in your relationships. And, and, I, and I think spirit is is a part. It underlies all of that you talked earlier, very beginning about choosing joy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that, and that we can choose, we can choose joy. And, that, and, and we, I, I want to dig into, into that idea a little bit more for, uh, obviously our culture has an epidemic of depression, an epidemic yeah. of people living sad, miserable lives in stress and anxiety. How do we choose Joy.
1: You know, I think it comes back to gratitude to start with, because when we are, and I'm just speaking because, I mean, I, I've seen this a million times, but I'm going to talk for about from my own experience. And as somebody who has experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of loss, um, you know, I could, I, I'm still able to choose joy, 100%. Does that mean that I ignore those feelings that I have that may be grief, sadness, depression? No. Well, first of all, I don't get depressed any longer, but I did. And the point, though, that I'm trying to make is that when you start focusing on the silver lining of things and the realization that, you know, those negative feelings don't last forever that they, you know, this too shall pass. (laughs) such, I always tell myself when things aren't going my way, all is in divine order. And and then I just sort of relax into the moment. But there's always something to be happy about. Even when, you know, um, one of the most traumatic experiences was a million years ago, my mom passed away um, in front of me. And that was traumatic. I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And... By the next day, I was able to laugh about something and still feel my grief. Now, it was fabulous because nobody wants to be under that weight all of the time anyway. But if you can pick out those little things, like for me, it might be I'll turn on the radio and all of a sudden my favorite song comes on. There's nothing like an unexpected (laughs) favorite song coming on the radio. I love that. It instantly peps me up. I could do that to choose joy, or I could turn on the radio and listen to wham 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 music and go down the other way. So it really is about what you choose to allow into your brain, into your thought processes. Like if I want to be sad, I'm going to watch Titanic, for example, or if I want to be happy, I might pick a comedy. You know, there's something to so I can laugh. I mean, I'm still going to feel what I'm feeling, but I'm choosing joy. I am actually making a choice to add value (laughs) to my life as opposed to going down that negative rabbit hole, which is so easy to do if you let it.
0: When you mentioned that, that nobody wants to go there, but I think our culture encourages people to go there. Our culture encourages us to feel guilty if we laugh the next day oh, after someone's yeah. died, well, right? And so the, the culture wants us to grieve in, in sackcloth and ashes and be sad forever, even if it was just a flat tire, not yeah. even if it was, you know, our mom passing, which mm-hmm. is a terrible thing for a 13-year-old to experience. And so I'm glad that you recognize that it's okay to laugh and grieve, right? It, yeah. It's okay. And, and a lot of this is really about the stories we're telling ourselves, right? The stories we tell ourselves about a trauma and, and, and many times we, we want to be the victim, right? People Mm -hmm. love to be the victim and the story you tell yourself makes you the victim. I'm the victim of the world. I'm the victim of God. God hates me. And and all of these other things that are really just excuses, Mm -hmm. but they're really lies. Yeah. They're really lies. And, and, and you can change the story, right? That doesn't, make your grieving for your mother any different if you choose mm-hmm. to see the positive and celebrate your mom's life and celebrate the opportunities that you had to know her and yeah. and, and do some cool stuff with her. And, and tell yourself those stories rather than saying, oh, look at me. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom. My life's terrible. I'm going to start drinking at 13 and I'm just going to be sad and depressed until... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what our culture wants people to do. And, and Facebook and everything else encourages the community encourages this. We we feed it. We feed this machine of negativity and yuck. And, mm-hmm. and of course the news media is right on top of it, right? Because people love drama. People mm-hmm. love the negativity. And that's why that's what the news plays. If, if people loved positive stories, if people loved the, the, the excitement and encouragement and building each other up, we'd be talking about how great this world is instead of mm-hmm. how terrible everything is. Right. But if you watch the news, 99% of it is all this terrible stuff. And then they throw in these sprinkles of positive stories just to say, look, we shared a positive story. Right. So let's talk about the vibrational energy of these emotions and, and how that energy is, is so important to understand and and so important to to, to be aware of Mm -hmm. that energy in your body when you're experiencing these different emotions, when you're expressing these different emotions?
1: Well, for me, um, you know, if you don't express your emotions, they do get stuck in your body. And there's a saying, we keep our issues in our tissues, which I adore. And it does cause disease (laughs) and disease, disease. So, um, You know, I think that it's okay to feel more than one thing at once. And, but the thing is, is like, I love to use the example of, you know, because I was so guilty of this for the longest time. Like, well, I wouldn't be upset if so-and-so didn't cut me off or I wouldn't be upset if that is a load of crap. And I'm sorry, but it is because think of it this way. If you just want a million dollars, for example, or you're in love for, you know, it's brand new. You just met somebody and you're just happy as can be. You could care less who cuts you off. <laughs> so it is 100% within yourself to decide how you're going to react to something, how you're going to respond. Um, So, to say that it's other people's fault is a cop out. So, you get to choose if you're going to, you know, choose something higher vibration, something joyful, happy, or if you're going to, you know, choose something and to think poorly about somebody else. You know how many times I'm going to use that car example again, I've thought, Oh my gosh, that person, you know, how could they do this to me? And then I'll do something similar. And I realize, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm not a jerk. And I just did that. So it really got me to see that, you know, everybody's doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. So why don't I do the best I can and choose higher? And I like to choose higher because it is a choice you get to choose how you're going to react to something or you're going to choose if it's going to bother you. But it's the same thing. like Things happen and it doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. But it doesn't mean that you have to sit in it and camp in it forever either. Feel it, let it go, and then choose something higher so that when something else happens, you're not already at the bottom of the barrel. Because when you're down there, It is the end of the world. Everything, I could get lost. And all of a sudden I'm pulling over onto the side of the road because I'm crying so hard I can't see, you know, (laughs) it's not that. It's because I let myself get down into the dumps. And even the way we speak, look at what I said. We talk about it in elevation, you know, like down in the dumps, um, flying high. You know, there's like, uh, even the way we speak, we talk about it in that, in those terms. So anyway, that's my thought.
0: (laughs) Well and I and I love that and really it it's about responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for the stories I tell myself. I'm responsible for the feelings that I'm expressing and and the mm-hmm. feelings that I'm choosing to feel. Yeah. And so taking responsibility is is really the first step in owning your emotions and then mm-hmm. owning the energy that, that that you're putting out in the world. And so that's so powerful. All right, Julianne, what's the big dream? Ooh. You know?
1: I am so open right now that I think my big dream is to help 1 million people achieve their dreams. That's my big dream. I'm well on my way, by the way.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that. All right. You have spent an hour you've had, uh, uh, I was going to say some fancy drink. (laughs) <laughs> with with a young entrepreneur that's listening to the show, and you're going to leave them with Julie Ann Myers' words of wisdom. What would you share?
1: Believe in yourself, always.
0: Hmm. So good, Julianne. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us to share your wisdom and just sharing your story. In such a pleasure, and just really enjoyed uh, learning from you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode... Matthew Necce and Robert discussed the power of putting others first, which is multiplied through mentorship and mentoring. It is important to live an intentional life and keep the things that matter most to you a priority. Leadership in life and business is really about doing the right things and helping others do the right things.